0: All right, and we are live with the final segment of this topic. Um, welcome once again to the Voice of the Millennials podcast. Um, we are missing uh, one of our host today, Justin, uh, but mainly because it is his wife's birthday. So we did want to wish Sister Smiley a happy birthday. And um, thanks for sharing your husband with us, <laughs> taking, taking him away for hours hours every week just to just to sit up here and talk to each other but um anyways thanks for thanks for tuning in today we got actually a special guest we have um miss emily here hello yeah and so we've uh, been kind of trying to get her on the on the on this topic for a little while she's been supporting the supporting the uh, <laughs> cast for a while and yeah it's, it's an honor to have you here emily
1: thank you for having me
0: absolutely so because you're you're the I guess main uh, focus for this for this, episode, <laughs> we're gonna let you drive the boat for this one. Um, so before we get started, everybody go ahead and go ahead and like the post and share and go ahead and, and spread the word. For this is like I said, the final segment to this um, to this series that we that, that we did on has the church treated women right. So um, with that, um, Caleb, I don't know if you're gonna start with questions or anything, but we'll turn it over to uh, Emily. All right. To me. Um
2: <laughs> Not to Caleb. Yeah. Um, oh I got you. Wait. All right, cool. Right there. Yeah. Um anyway, Emily, um, go ahead and introduce yourself and uh and we'll get started.
1: Okay, I'm Emily. I'm very excited to be here. I've been watching y'all's podcast like every week and I'm like, Yep, this is it. I'm ready. <laughs> so I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me and add my Two cents, I guess.
2: <laughs> for sure, awesome. Uh, how old are you?
1: I'm 26.
2: Nice, nice, nice. Um, for those of you that don't know, um, Emily and I went to um, elementary school together, like way back in the day. When I was me and my when me and my brother were going to uh, private school, my yeah. brother went to Lake my brother went to Lake Dow Christian Academy, and that's right, Philip. You went to Lake Dow or Eagle? Yeah. You didn't go to. Eagles Lake. Yeah.
1: I feel like y'all so both to- came.
2: Yeah, so he went to Lake Dow in the elementary school years, and then I was at BBCS for uh, my elementary school years. Then in seventh grade is when yeah. he came. Came for like, I feel like in middle
1: school, y'all were both there at one point. Yeah. yeah.
2: So um, this is well, this yeah. is where way back yeah, in we, the day. Yeah, she, she Emily knows us from way 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 back in the day. It wasn't until probably a few years ago that. Uh, me and other folks from, you know, my elementary school started reconnecting. So um, with that, uh, let's get started. Um, first question I have to ask you, Emily, is uh, how were you and any woman that you grew up with, whether it be your mother, grandmother, how were you guys treated by the church? Or um, how did you view the church y'all's in y'all's view?
1: Well... Growing up, I don't think I really put much stock into it because it was just like, this is what you were told. This is the way things were. Um, But when I was high school is when I really started to question it because it was almost as if women were held responsible for the downfalls of our our male counterparts, um, which I personally did not sit well with me and it almost I stopped going to church when I as soon as I turned 18 when I no longer had to do what my parents told me to do I stopped going because well I mean I just didn't see the point and it really turned me away and it wasn't until um, my husband and I got married and you know I started to actually discover what my faith meant to me and I started getting plugged in back into the church again because it's not it's not God's fault that we've manipulated his word, you know? Yeah, so yeah. I mean, that's the gist of it.
2: Um, What church did you go to when you were younger?
1: I went to right down the street from BBCS. Yes, I went to Liberty Hill right there on Mount Carmel Road. So, oh,
0: okay. Is that um, um, the Baptist that, church? We, yeah. yeah so, uh, we drove yeah, Liberty we drove Hill. So much. <laughs> but, <laughs> I still cool. remember that building.
1: Yep. So, yeah. that's too. I, Literally two minutes to school, two minutes to church. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. So um so I've never had any sort of dealings with in the Baptist church, I mean outside of what like when we used to go to chapel um on Wednesdays um but I mean as a kid I wasn't really paying much attention um detail kind of how the Baptist um like what their ideologies are, doctrine stuff like that.
1: Like the infrastructure of the church, or just what was expected of yeah, yeah. like the women? Yeah, so kind
2: of like what was expected of you guys: um,
1: go to college, find a husband, and make babies.
0: <laughs> sounds right. Sounds about right. literally.
1: Like, like, go to B.J.U. Like, find a husband and get, <laughs> make some babies. The,
0: the B.J.U. You a, uh, oh
2: yeah, Bob Jones University. Yes. I remember no. that. It was either
1: Bob Jones Bob. or Pensacola? Like those were like the two schools that they really pushed. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay, Philip. So it sounds like some uh sounds like the apostolic realm. Get go to college, go to IBC, and find a husband. Mm-hmm. Go so.
0: <laughs> go to the Bible college, hook up, make babies. Yes, <laughs>
1: literally,
0: much,
1: be fruitful, multiply. That's what they want.
0: <laughs> and then can try to climb your way up the ladder of ministry. That, yeah, that's, yep. that sounds about right. I mean,
1: <laughs> good. What was that? Good. You, you go ahead. Oh, go ahead. um. I lost my train of thought. Go ahead. (laughs) It'll come back to me. um, Yeah, no
2: problem. Um, How did the modesty movement affect you?
1: Oof. Um, So my church wasn't as strict um, as BBCS was. Um, Obviously, there was a dress code. But I mean, at church, like I was was allowed to wear jeans on Wednesday nights. Um, Sundays were different. I don't really know why, but they were different. Um, but at school, I mean, they were extremely strict about, I mean, and it's stuff that like guys never thought twice about, like, you know, you got up, you put your, your polo, your pants, your belt, and you're out the door. Whereas like, you know, beginning of school year, you buy your skirt uniform, make sure it's long enough because you're granted to have a growth spurt in the middle of the year. And if it's too short, guess what? You're going to drop some more dimes on another skirt or have your hand let out. Um, blouses, not, or your Polo can't be too tight or fitted. Um, it was mainly the skirts. The skirts were like a really big deal, and I never understood it because, in my opinion, I think skirts are almost as more revealing than pants. Um, can't be, you
0: know.
1: They it, 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 it can be, you know, if you're not yeah. careful. And,
0: that's a, that's a huge thing about the modesty movement, though. And I've heard I've heard many Kojic, uh, especially Kojic pastors and, and preachers, say uh like the argument against like uh like i know like like apostolic pentecostals like all the women just just wear skirts and dresses like pants Mm -hmm. nothing of that sort is allowed in any way shape or form and i hear a lot of uh, arguments against that them saying that there's immodest skirts and there's modest pants so are we talking about modesty or are we just talking about the article of clothes exactly
1: (laughs) exactly because i was that was my train of thought like for me Especially in this teen, teen years, consistency is key. Yeah. And if you're not being consistent and I'm seeing like, well, it's okay if you do this, but not this, and it's like show me why. Tell me why. Yeah. And yeah. and that was a big thing yeah. I struggled with. Yeah, literally. And if you can't tell me why, I'm not gonna follow the rule. And that, you know, that's a pride thing probably in its own. But it's just like I don't know. I had a really strong problems with their pushing people pushing personal convictions onto someone else. Like, it's fine. You have your convictions by all means, like I'm for it, yeah. but do not put that on someone else. Like that's your conviction, not mine. And I feel like that, that pushes more people away. It's not building the kingdom. It's not building the church. You know, it's yeah.
2: I don't, I don't think it is.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. That's, that, that, that's something that's, that's been um, a problem um, for a long time is how people take their personal convictions and then they want to throw it on you and try to make it seem like their personal convictions are, uh, you know, a, sal- a salvific issue yes. or, or like you're less spiritual or you're not um, as as spiritual as them because, you know, your your personal convictions don't match up with theirs. And that's that's been a problem for so long and something that uh, church folks kind of have to get away from. um And I mean, in this in this conversation that that we have right here on this podcast, like we're not necessarily attacking the whole entire church or anything, but it's just like there's instances in 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 people's lives that they have experienced this and that has caused uh, a reproach. It's caused um, our witness to be affected by by the fact that people are legalistic in their personal convictions and they try to push legalism on everybody else.
1: It's so like a big part of it was I would hate for someone to come into my church and feel as though they didn't belong because they weren't abiding by a specific dress code. Like that's not what it's about at the end of the day. Like there's modesty and just, you know, out of your own self worth in a sense and, Mm -hmm. you know, protecting what's yours and guarding what the Lord has, you know, said to guard. And then there's, pushing people away because they're not fitting the criteria of what is appropriate or, you know, to be judged and whatnot.
2: Yeah. Um, Alexis brings a comment. She says uh, the issue with pants in our household is the hugging your form and showing off your butt and goes against your, goes against modesty and holiness. So Alexis, you're, you're right. That, that, that is true when it comes to pants. Um, but um skirts do the same thing as far as what i've seen in the circles that i've ran in is um like the women might as well just wore pants at that point you know because it's just like it was it was just as tight as as as, as a pair of jeans mm-hmm. um so and, and or a pair of leggings and so it's just like like emily was talking about earlier it's consistency you know mm-hmm. what i mean because it's like people scream like oh my god is she, you need to wear pants you need to wear pants and then then you see the skirt they're wearing you're just like um okay <laughs>
0: you know yeah and really that and that's the thing like are we really that's a conversation that I think needs to be had like is it really about the modesty or is it about just you um telling people exactly what to wear and what not to wear mm-hmm. and i feel like that's that's an issue that has kind of been surrounding the modesty movement is because it's it's different for you to be able to dress modestly, like not, you know, obviously not dressing provocatively, and right. and, and I mean, and I mean, men men do it too. I'm not. I mean, uh, we're not just even talking about women here. Like men do it too. I mean, uh, you, you even got some of the charismatic pastors that be walking around with no shirts and their shorts real low, you know, um, and and, and, hey, and you know, mo- yeah, <laughs> you know, modesty isn't just for the women. Uh, it's also for the men too, and it's it's a mindset of not wanting to provoke um people's thoughts with your body um, which, is I mean, we're all,
2: which is a good idea ideology to have
0: yeah Cons- it's a
1: good ideology but don't at the same time don't put like yes i'm going to be modest for my body and because i love you know this is this is mine this is my temple and i'm it is for my husband's my husband's eyes only but at the end of the day it is not my responsibility to hold you accountable and you accountable. That's yeah. your responsibility. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: And honestly, and honestly, the church has definitely put that responsibility on women. Like it is your job to not let him fall, and it's just exactly. Like, uh, he can avert his eyes. He can, you
0: know. Maybe we can deal with the heart of the men versus the
2: yeah. Because the, the thing
0: is, the actions of the women.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you don't deal with the heart, then it doesn't matter. If a woman wears a potato sack to church, he's still gonna find some way to find it sexual. Yeah.
1: I mean, there was a running joke. I mean, I know it's silly, but there was a running joke in high school, of like, "Oh, her ankles are showing." Like, you know, like it's yeah. silly, but in the day, like that's kind of how you're making it. You're making it silly.
0: Really are. They
2: yeah. really yeah. are. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Consistency is key, and and honestly, I think the um the are. I guess the boomer generation has really lost us millennials when they're not consistent at all, you know, because because it was always when me and Philip were kids, it was always, um, you know, it wasn't you can't ask questions, you know, because you were seen as an unbeliever. If you ask questions or ask too many questions or should I say probing questions and um, because we were just trying to, like, make it make sense to us so we could, you know, be staunch about it and follow it. And I think that's where the boomer generation lost millennials is just just the the, the sad consistency that we the sad consistencies we've seen, you know they've just kind of just been all over the place. It's just you can do this, but you can't do this. But you can I think do this. But you can't do this.
1: A lot of it is well, if you're asking questions, you're questioning authority, and it's not like you said. I'm not questioning authority. I just want it to make sense. Yeah. and a lot of them i i do agree in that time like you didn't ask questions like this was the rules follow them you know and so they might not even known the answers to the questions they're like this is just the way it is
0: but i mean that's kind of how we were grown up we were we were kind of grown up in that that circle of you know if you don't understand it. Just believe it anyways. And I'm like, mm. I have a hard time believing something that I don't understand <laughs> because then exactly. like me personally, if I if I am embodying something and if I if I follow something, if I believe something and somebody else comes to me with a question, if I don't have the answer to answer them, then it makes me think like, well, what am I really doing believing this in the first place? Exactly. Because really, exactly. I, I don't even understand it myself. So like, is it real? Should I be believing it? Um, should you know, should I be putting my energy behind it and going on Facebook and posting it if I don't even understand it myself? You know, well, it's
2: it's one of the biggest things when it comes to trying to get people to believe in God. Um, so, say you're talking to an atheist or an agnostic, right? And you're trying to tell them, "Hey, my flavor of religion is the only flavor of religion that you should have." And you know what? The first question they're going to ask you, why? Why? Yep. They're gonna say, "What? What? Why are you? Why is Why is your God better than the Hindu God? Why is your God better than the Islamic God?"
0: But that's you know, not just questions with, with other religions. Like that's a, that's a question just in general. Like, mm-hmm. and people with, with people in the church or outside of the church, it's always why, mm-hmm. why. Well, and the thing it, is, it, it, it's, you developed this culture of of just believe it and don't worry about it. Yeah. you're not
2: equip, Then you're not equipping the people in your congregation to minister and witness. Because it's like, I was listening to uh, Mike Todd earlier this week, his uh, who is the minister here series. And he was saying that the pastor's job is to equip us to minister. If you're not properly equipping people to minister, then your church is not going to have a, a good witness in the area. Because if, uh, when, when somebody asks you, why do you believe in God? Why do you think God is real? And your and your answer is, well, I felt him. Or like, Mm-mm. I don't know. It's just, I just think he's real. That's not a good enough answer for somebody who uses critical thinking. You know? Yeah. And I honestly think that we should try to kill the ideology that Christians just walk into the church and turn off their brain. Like, you don't got to be an idiot to believe God. <laughs> Because no, that's no. what the that's the attitude that's Just like just walk into church and turn off your brain and just accept and sh- whatever. Shout,
0: shout be. a shout a couple times, and God will work out your finances and exactly make, make a lap around the building and he'll he'll work out <laughs> your marriage problems. Like, no, don't turn off, don't turn off your brain. You still need, <laughs> like, you still need counseling. <laughs> yeah, you still need counseling, and that's what when you
2: walk because when you walk out that building and you turn your brain back on, your problems are sitting right Still away.
1: there
0: right there. <laughs> And then and then what's crazy is that everybody acknowledges that they're like yeah once you leave church and the devil will try to attack you right after because you didn't handle the problem. You just got an emotional hype and then exactly. now it's just like oh, okay well I the still have my, I still alien. have my yeah I still have my problems but hey I I got a good shout on, you know. Yep. <laughs> I mean let's let's really deal with the issue, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I, I got
2: a prophetic word. I got a prophetic. No, it, like uh, Alexis brings up a good point. You know, when people <laughs> earlier in our earlier years were, were dealing with depression, anxiety, you know, the first thing, oh, just pray. I'll take it away. And I'm just like, yes. yeah, or, or it's like you don't pray
0: enough or you don't read your Bible enough. And I'm like, <laughs> the devil's no, because
2: no, no, you don't read your Bible enough. You don't pray enough. Elijah- <laughs> like
0: what? Elijah, right. a prophet. He was a prophet himself, and even he, after having a victory over over a over uh, King ahab, ahab, I think it was. Uh, after he had that victory, and then he had this depressive moment where he was just like, "God, I just want, you, I, I don't, I just want to die." And and then God's just like, "Here's some food, and here's a nap."
1: That's all he really needed was a food and a nap. <laughs> Literally, what he needed.
0: But I look at that and I'm like, he even dealt with depression himself. And he was a prophet that just got out of a miraculous victory. Like he even in that book, I think in the victory, he had like uh, uh, a superhuman speed. Um, I I forgot how the King James version like actually words it. But like he ran faster than the chariots and the horses. I think is how the King James version puts it. And I'm like, this man basically was the Flash. (laughs) And this man had a victory. He had a superhuman victory. And yet he still had to deal with the depression that followed uh, the victory. And I'm like. That so just just because somebody is going through a depressive mindset or something like that, just saying you need to read more, you need to pray more doesn't I don't feel like fixes the issue. I mean, exactly. prayer, prayer especially would uh, help because you're seeking counsel from God. But one thing, the best thing about the church and, and my pastor actually discussed about this last night in our in our lesson was that um, the best thing about the church is that there is a community. Um, and, and especially when and that this is why it's so um important to have qualified ministers because if you have qualified ministers and i even think justin uh, mentioned this on the last podcast that are that are um, um, versed in crisis intervention and know how to uh, uh, deal with the human psyche and stuff like that we would have far more retention in the church we would i feel like we would be more effective because we understand people and are not just hiding behind pray about it and read your bible more
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I think saying that, you know, well, the reason why you're suffering from anxiety and depression is because you don't read your Bible. I mean, it's like saying, well, you have cancer because you didn't read your Bible or you didn't pray about it. It's like, no, it's a mental health issue. It's it's a disease. It's, you know, fill in the blank. That's what it is. Now, yes, if someone has cancer, you bet I'm praying for you because I I do believe power of prayer. Same thing. I have depression. I have anxiety. I have fill in the blank. Pray about it because the power of prayer is very powerful, for but sure. it's not a punishment for not being in the word. Exactly. Enough or not You know, you weren't a dedicated Christian enough. Yeah. No, that's yeah. What it is. And that's
0: a big thing that we used to hear that kind of I feel like that was in the back of our minds. do not I don't really know if anybody really ever said this blatantly, but there was kind of this notion that if you weren't spiritual enough, if you weren't doing enough, then that means that the bad things were going to come to you. You know, mm-hmm. almost like an Old Testament kind of thinking like, you know, you, 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 you just you, you got you do That's you do bad covenant. Yeah, the old covenant. You do bad and bad is just going to keep coming mm-hmm. to you. And then you need to, you know, sacrifice once a year uh, to, you know, to cover your sins and stuff like that. And, and there, there was always that kind of mindset growing up i I, and i I didn't realize it till after i grew up and i look back on my life and i'm just like wow in a lot of the churches or circles that we ran with there was there was this ideology that you know if something bad is happening in your life then there's something wrong with your spiritual life and and Mm then that's not the case not the case oh man
2: i heard it oh if 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 you're going through this and it's a symptom of what's going on in the spiritual and i'm like
1: um, Which can also maybe. stem yeah. into the well, I don't want people thinking that, so I'm ashamed and I'm gonna hide it yeah,
0: exactly. exactly. And, and that's where, where, like, that's that's like, where A- hiding A- sin came from, mm-hmm. too.
2: I was just sitting there like, Well, maybe the maybe they got kidney stones because they don't drink enough water,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: <That's horrible>. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but we all know because they didn't read their Bible.
2: And I'm like, oh no! God gave you kidney stones because you're not in the Word, and I'm like, "Hey, you're not in the Word." <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's just, um, honestly, it's just consistency is key. Consistency is key. I, I, I really think that, um, that it's really done our generation our disservice when it came to Christ, and we could have retained a lot more young people than we have if we would have just stayed sure. consistent. And then, if if you didn't know something, just say I don't know. I, I don't know. I'll get, uh,
0: I'll, um, I'll get back to you and let you know. Mm-hmm.
2: Easy. Mm-hmm. You don't got to be all deep and make something up.
0: <laughs> but that's kind of our generation. Like our generation likes to ask that question, "Why?" And it's really the lack of explanation that one makes sense and two is biblically correct, Um is why a lot of our generation has left the church. Mm-hmm. Is because. One, you don't answer the question. A lot of people just don't answer the question. And they're like, you just need to believe it. OK, strike number one. The Before second one. Is, yeah. The second one is you don't know. You don't know what you're talking about. So you're just like, well, I don't know. But, you know, just believe it. OK, strike two. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the third one is "Hey, stop asking so many questions. Otherwise you have weak faith. OK, strike three. And there's more. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: yeah. yeah, Yeah. I think another big part of it is. Like you said, a set of rules or convictions or whatever you want to call them that were expected to be followed and instead and that being the main focus as opposed to like your actual like where are you spiritually what's your next step how do we get there right. and instead it's just well here's this list of rules and if you're not following them your heart's not right and it's like that's not if if you're if you're actually focusing on your spiritual growth what where you are and where your next step is the rest will come like it'll mm-hmm. fall in line yeah and that, i mean that was a big thing for me in high school was the rules everything was very black and white these are the rules mm-hmm. and it almost made me i was fearful of if i mess up you know i can't come to these people and talk to them about you know yeah what i'm struggling with what's oh, going on in my life out of fear fear of getting expelled or, you know, whatever. And instead of it being a genuine, like, I care about you as a person. and I want you to do better. Please come to me. Let's help. You know, and that it was a big um, distrust, honestly, in the church.
2: Yeah, that I I, I totally feel that. Um, um, I'm pretty sure Philip and I had that same um, feeling like we couldn't go to those people in power, you know, Mm -hmm. like our parents and stuff, because like we felt like if we tell them, you know, it's like, Instead of us getting the help that we needed, it would just be, you know. You're getting in trouble.
1: You're wrong, you're wrong, you're <laughs>
2: wrong, wrong, wrong. And it's just like, who who wants to deal with that? Who wants to deal with that?
1: Yeah.
2: You know, yeah. Like when you're spiritually vulnerable or when you're just, you know, naturally just physically vulnerable. You might have went and done something and, and, you know, God, our Heavenly Father, will say, come come to me, my child. We're good. You know, exactly, we're good. But you go to your, you know, natural fathers out there, or you go to your, you know, natural elders out there, and you, know, you get beat up, you know. Yeah. So, for
0: sure. so uh, em- em- Emily, I I wanted to ask you this. So, what what have you seen, um, maybe in probably more recent years, or 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 I guess just in your your experience altogether? What have you? Uh, how are some? Uh, give us some examples of how you've seen inconsistency with how women are treated or viewed or told to do versus the men? Like, what is your personal experience
1: Oh, with that? the double what? standards.
0: The double okay. Standards. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I grew up with two brothers. So that was something I really was very hard headed about. I never understood, well, why is he allowed to do this? And I'm not, <laughs> you know, and I you know dress code was another thing. I mean, obviously there was stricter dress code rules. Um, I did notice that, you know, he's allowed to go out with friends by himself. I can't go unchaperoned. Why? Mm. I'm a woman. I'm just more vulnerable. I mean, safety. I mean, it's all possibilities, but at the same time, I asked why I never got yeah. answers. Yeah. Just, well, you're a girl. <laughs> yeah. Um, there, let's see. There's so many, um, it's, I just remember always comparing myself to my brothers and I was like, I just don't understand why they're allowed to do so much. They're just allowed to do everything. And I was not allowed to do anything
0: <laughs> Yeah. at
1: the end of the day. Like, yeah, yeah. Alex can go. Alex can go. And like, no, you can't go. You can't do this. I was like, why? Because <laughs> you're a girl.
0: So did you ever try to get into any kind of ministry at church or were you even, um, like did what like did anybody motivate you or even try to push you towards ministry or anything
1: So yes um when I was in middle school high school um um our music minister really you know was he invested in me and I did appreciate that he would get me into the music at the church um but then once I got into upper high school I you know he left for one and then I started to feel kind of I didn't feel like I belonged. I didn't know where I where I fit in anymore, and it was it's just a hard time in your life, 18, 19 years old, and yeah. Um, yeah, I stopped. Definitely. But when we moved, um, my husband and I got married, we moved to North South Carolina, and we started going to a church there, and I got really plugged into the music ministry there, and I, I cannot explain. Just it was almost like a, a weight was lifted on my shoulders. Like I knew this is where I belong. This is where I'm supposed to be. Um I have I have a community, like you said, which is a huge thing that's gonna be there. Uplift me, answer the hard questions for me, be there for me when I'm struggling. Like that yeah. is just key. It's key. Finding good communities that wanna see you grow spiritually and want what's best for you, no matter what, you know, because they love yep. you and they, you know. That's what they want for you. Yeah. So, great. Right. That's that's where I am in the, the music industry. We haven't yeah. found our home here yet, but we're still looking.
2: Yeah, you're in a which which part of Japan? You're in Misawa, right?
1: We're in Misawa. very nice, very yeah. nice.
2: That's a very beautiful area up there. Mountainous, mountainous, very mountainous. Uh, yeah, yeah. My buddy was at Masawa, but um, so what? How did your did your mother or grandmother ever like detail any experiences to you um, when you were coming up? Like, came, just how honestly, they were no.
1: That was a, the hard part of it. Was I felt like I was really figuring things out on my own, ah. and because I, I felt like. I felt like I couldn't ask questions really. Like I just, I didn't know how to go about asking certain questions. So I felt like everything that my mom or even her mom went through, it wasn't like open conversation. If that makes sense, mm. it and it was, I don't like the blind leading the blind in a sense because it's like, well, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know what's okay to ask and what's not okay to ask because I felt like there were certain things that we don't talk about. That, you know, yeah, you know yeah. Saying?
0: That was, and so, that, was one, that was one bone that I had to pick with a lot of churches growing up is I'm like, why can't I ask questions? And now, granted, they're hard questions to ask. Yes. But why can't I ask those hard questions in church? Yeah. Because those hard questions is actually what lead people to go outside of the church and to walk away from God else. and find it somewhere else. And then they, mm-hmm. find, yeah. they find a perverted answer to the question that they so desired. And I, and that was one thing growing up is I'm just like, why why can't I ask this question? Why can't I talk about this? And why? And now I look back on it and I'm like, why didn't we talk about this more in church?
1: Yeah. It made me feel very ashamed because I felt like, am I the only one that's feeling these feelings or having these mm-hmm. thoughts? And now I know, of course not. But yeah, at you- that time, I'm like, something's wrong with me and I'm not allowed to ask these questions. And well, I'm going to go find someone who can tell me these things. And- Like you said, it really is the wrong direction to be going because like they're not going to give you the biblical, you know, God's answers, which is what I should have been getting. You know? Dude, the
0: wild part is a lot of young people just don't want to go to their parents about this stuff because then they're just like, I don't want to, like, you know, it's, it's some. Yeah, <laughs> like with, with some things you're just like, I don't want to talk with mom and dad about, but I need somebody, yeah. you know, that's objective or, or in or the Philip, situation.
2: Or, 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 <laughs> they don't want to get dragged to the altar. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <We> beat, <laughs> the, the pastor starts preaching about something and your mom looks at you like, like, hey, like wait, wait, don't call me out like that. <laughs>
2: Or or they, they talk to the pastor about it and he conveniently preaches about it the following yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. I oh, on oh, you geez. from the pulpit no <laughs> my mother told you. And then, and then the pastor got the nerve to be like, "Nobody talked to me about this." Yes, they did. Yes, they, yes did. they did. It's
2: been the whole topic of the church, man. Come on. And, and then
0: what's crazy is because one person struggling with it, probably five other people are struggling with it. And if 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 he catches wind of one person that struggles with it, talks about it over the pulpit, then everybody else is just like, "Oh, he's such a man of God because he didn't." I didn't even tell <laughs> him what I was going through.
1: And, and he <laughs> you know, was, was talking through. right to. Me me he actually was
0: (laughs) and i mean it's not it's not like i i want to like say that you know if that happens that your pastor isn't a man of god i'm not gonna say that but because
2: there is times where like he god does speak to him and so like i get it but (laughs) but in the from what i've seen in the manipulative churches you know more of the cultish yeah 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 it was it was not that god told him it was more of he heard gossip. Other people in the church were gossiping. Yeah, and so he decided to. God told me
0: uh,
2: <laughs> somebody you, in this room is going through a divorce, and it's just like, no, you heard that that couple over you there. You heard so, that. that, yeah. Like
1: the holy inner circle, and I tell you what—that's where you get most of the tea that's going mm-hmm. on in the church. Yeah, like that's like that's holy, holy inner circle,
2: this, so wildness that goes on in those holy inner circles—it's not even funny got a oh. prayer request. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, honestly, that's, I mean, the church that I go to now, um, shout out to Pentecostals of Boulder City. Um, it is, it's probably the best church I've ever been to. Because there's no holy inner circle.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, you,
2: you know, you can get to know the pastor, you can get to know the assistant pastor and youth pastor, but there's no preferential treatment. There's no, we're going to sit you down And tell everybody, tell you everybody else in everybody's business in the church, Mm -hmm. you know. Hey, you know, they're they're not going to sit you down and hey, watch out for that one. There, that one. Like, they're they're not going to do that. Like, they do their job, which is pastoring, you know. That's why I've really, I love the church, you know. Yeah.
0: That
1: That was a huge issue that I had also growing up in it, especially a smaller church was there were lots of cliques. And you knew. Who knew what about who? Like it was, yeah. it was blatantly ob- obvious. So
2: you couldn't confide in anybody because it no, there
1: good. and it wasn't, and it was never like a genuine, like, I am really struggling and I really need you to help me. It was, it, it just it felt very, um, I, it was nothing was safe, nothing was confidential. Everything I knew, if I told this person, seven other people knew already knew, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: and they would, they would say it under the guise of, Pray for sister Emily. And
0: yes. then
1: they'd start with yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, what's going on with Emily? You know. Oh, yeah, well, really,
0: And here's, okay, so. one, here's one thing I ne- I never got. Is like people will be like, pray for, you know, so and so. And then, you know, God knows the need. But yet they have certain people that'll come up to them afterward and be like, so what's going on with them? And then they'll
1: yes, like, exactly.
0: Well, you know, let me tell you. You didn't hear it from me. Yeah, you didn't <laughs> hear it from me. <laughs> exactly i hate when that happens because they're like yeah pray and that's why i've always like i i hope some of my youth aren't watching this but (laughs) a lot of people will be like i have an unspoken prayer request." i hate that so much don't say that because one you're not speaking to the issue and two once it once it once you tell one person it's no longer an unspoken prayer request so, you know, like, and, and I mean, we, that's, a, that's another subject for another day that we can dive deep into about, you know, unspoken and not speaking to, to the issue. But it, it irks me every time I hear unspoken. And I'm like, I understand your, your, your want for privacy, but that's what your pastor's for.
1: Mm-hmm. And if
0: you can't trust your pastor with the intricacies of your life, when it comes to you may not wanting everybody to find out what's going on, then you may need a new pastor. Yeah, Pastors should be trusted. They're, they should be trusted. I mean, I trust my pastor. There's nothing that I wouldn't tell my pastor. Nothing. There's nothing that I'm struggling with that I wouldn't want to tell my pastor, you know, because I have that much faith in him. I have that much trust in him that one, he's not going to go behind my back and tell everybody. And two, he'll actually help me deal with the issue. Um, which is another big thing because people will say they pray and then they won't pray. And I'm like,
2: exactly. Mm-hmm. They just got the tea and dipped.
0: Yeah, they got the tea and dipped, and I hate, I hate that. Like people are like, yeah, can you pray for me? And people are like, yeah, I'll pray for you. What's going on? And then they download the information into them, and then they're like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll pray for you. God Don't never hears. You. God never hears one prayer. <laughs> <about that problem.
1: laughs> well, I think you, you hit the nail on the head though about like I mean, you should trust your pastor or anyone that's in the leadership of the ministry like. Yeah. That they are there for you, like that is like their call to the ministry. That's what they're there for, and vulnerability is such a key because I feel like when you're vulnerable, it's because you feel safe, yeah. and that's how you should feel. You should feel safe, it's and perfect. when you're vulnerable, transparent, you're not hiding things. You know, it's you can't, you know, tuck away in your corner and do these things, you're open and you're. You know, it's being dealt with. It's being handled. It's going to help you in the long run.
0: And ministers should be trustworthy people. If they're not trustworthy people, then you probably shouldn't be a minister because your job is to minister to people. Like you can't minister to a wall. You know what I'm saying? So like you got to you got to be a trustworthy person, which is another reason why I've always like. Well, not always, but especially in recent years, I've advocated for women ministers because and because there's some things that I'm just like as a male minister. I don't want to, or just can't deal with. Yep. I can't speak to women specific issues. So that's why, you know, I have my wife and she's a minister herself and she deals with those issues and there should, yeah, 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 there should be trust in your pastor, uh, whoever that may be, man or woman, but you know, obviously there probably is lines in which you, you, you should, you should draw on what you should discuss. And that's, um, that, that's one reason why that there's, there should be more I feel like women ministers and that that's aspect.
1: what yeah. I was going to hit on. I feel like it, you're the pastor's wife or women minister should also have be trustworthy as well. Because yeah. like you said, there are some things I'm just not going to come to my male pastor about that, you know, out of comfortability or, at the same time, it's just not appropriate. Yeah, you know? I mean,
0: it, yeah, it doesn't yeah. have anything to do with him specifically. It's just the fact that you know, it's 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 an it's an issue that shouldn't be discussed. Yeah, and, and mixed well, it's up. like
2: it's like Comfort. why would a why should a I mean, in the manipulative circles that Philip and I ran in, why why should a woman go talk to her pastor about sexual issues that she's having?
1: Hmm.
0: True.
2: Why? I mean, as we yeah, have seen yeah, in yeah. the past, that has led to. Pastors,
0: falling. yeah, <laughs>
2: falling. I wouldn't call that falling. I would call.
1: I would call that taking advantage of. Yeah,
0: I'd call that opportunism. That's what yeah, yeah. Call very that.
1: opportunistic.
0: But I feel, yeah. I feel like if we, if we kind of, I, I feel like another model is like, so you know, you have a pastor and then you have a pastor's wife, and I that in recent years especially, that's kind of like. It's not and it's just kind of an idiosyncrasy with me, but it's just like I wish that we could start viewing pastors' wives as not just pastors' wives and as pastors themselves. Mm-hmm. Because pastor, they do pastor. Yeah, they're they are the they are a pastor as well. So a lot of people put emphasis on the man, and I'm like, the woman does the same thing, if not more. Granted, she's probably not behind the pulpit as much. She probably doesn't run her mouth in, in in the public as much. But the stuff she does behind the scenes, the ministry that she does, especially to the women in the church and everything, like that is equally important. And I, I feel like someone
1: it, commented a couple of weeks ago how some wives actually write their uh, husband's sermons.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've seen that growing up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They do so much behind the scenes, you know, and he um, doesn't.
2: Original thought.
0: <laughs> not not a single original thought.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. Uh, so, Emma, how did the purity movement affect you?
1: Um. So, I had a purity ring um, oh, when yeah. I was in high school. That's yeah, so. My brothers didn't. Um,
2: yeah, me and my brother didn't either.
1: No, not, not a thing. And it's like, well, it's to remind you, which, you which, know, not to to fall prey to sin, like, well, what's to remind him? Yeah, I'm like, uh, I, was, I was about to say, like... Well, Where's his reminder?
0: And, and Like, now it begs the question, like, why wasn't it necessary for them to have a purity ring?
1: And al- honestly, it really kind of messed me up, because, you know, they would do these um, illustrations in school and church. They'd take a flower, and they're like, okay, now crush it up. Pass it around the room. Okay, now make it look pretty again. It's like... I understand the metaphor you're trying to make here that you know once it's gone, it's gone. But it's not something yeah. that someone takes from you, you know, it's yeah. something that God created.
0: It's not a possession, be, right? yes, like, like, like the, Justin said last week. Yeah, it's not a possession yes. for the man to take.
1: Yeah. And you know, and 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 I just feel like there was so much stress especially as a girl like you know protect your flower and you know don't let those men take advantage of you and this and that and it's like you know what like you know there are plenty of girls that take advantage of boys too you know like it's it's a two-way they don't
2: don't want to talk about that
1: they don't want to talk about that
2: because i know i know women out there that are just now christian women now they're just giving it up it's just like he didn't take nothing from (laughs) <laughs> he was like, hey. yeah <laughs> hey, she was like hey here you go and he was like
0: oh oh, oh. And, and a lot a lot of them do it in the name of exploration
2: mm-hmm. exploration i think I, I think the the sexual activity um sexual promiscuity amongst young teenagers i think it's it's not it's just simply exploring
0: yeah That's yeah it. and a lot and, of
1: it go ahead no no
0: no i was i was just gonna say like i i mean we don't definitely definitely promote that especially among teenagers but like no. that, that's why conversations need to be had in the church about that's what issue. i was
1: saying i was never getting i didn't get answers that i wanted so guess what them. i found them for myself and like i like, i'm not gonna like you know lie i'll be vulnerable you know it was something that i wanted to know about and i thought i was the only one struggling like why don't i and i'm not like i know i'm not like i know that that's perfectly normal you're a teenager your hormones are raging and like i am such an advocate for we need to talk about it more we need to talk about it more because yeah. i was so so naive so so naive and
0: yeah, yeah and you can you can you can have appropriate conversations about these topics you can't yes in church it's possible yeah <laughs> now, now yes is it going to make some people uncomfortable yeah because it's not talked about that often Like we talk about depression so much in church, we talk about addiction so much in church, we talk about sickness so much in church, but we don't talk about the sexual stuff.
2: Mm -mm. Because it's shameful. The
0: stuff that and and the crazy part is that is running more rampant through the church than depression. A lot more rampant in the church. So and and it's interesting because like you got and it's not just young people either. Like you got pastors that are going through this stuff. You got ministers you know going going through the same exact stuff and I, and and it's like the the discussion needs to be had more often yeah
1: because when you don't when it's not talked about it you're gonna seek outside sources being your friends porn and guess what that's not real life Yep. that's fake yep. and you're gonna be in it for a very rude awakening when you do get married and you're like this is not what I thought it was going to be like, and your first year of marriage is a very struggle bus, rocky you know, road. rocky road. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, it's like um, I'm gonna say um, I'm gonna eat it. Okay. lost my train of thought.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um.
2: Oh yeah, that's what I was gonna say. So um, for some reason, I noticed that um, I was I scroll up, I scroll like an ex Christian, ex. Pentecostal forum, just seeing what uh just seeing what people are saying about the church. And I um one of the main gripes with some of the women on those forums is, is they say that a woman with a high libido is considered a whore. Yes. And and I and i I think back to those times when I was a kid, men with high libidos were those are yeah, those are mainly men. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they can get anybody. Also, also praised. Yeah. But if a woman has a high libido, oh, she's a slut. I'm like, so he's a <laughs> slut too.
0: Yep. Yeah, like, like what about him? Like, what does that make me as a man? If it's I'm right a man.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and my, and my thing is 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 we should we we sh, we should stop demonizing. First of all, we should stop demonizing people in general for having a high libido because it's natural. And um, okay. yeah, like. And, and we should also make that conversation very a very regular conversation to let teenagers know okay i have a high sex drive it's okay it's natural i'm not going to hell for simply having a high sex drive i just need to learn how to control it through mm-hmm. the act of christ that's it
0: yeah and and it's interesting because like um and uh uh Matthew Tuttle said this at NAYC uh, two years ago. He was like, "If God didn't want you to be emotional, then why did He make you with emotions? And sexual emotions are emotions yep. that God made us with. Those urges and everything that, like, God made us that way. But it's because that they're not they're not guided um, the right direction is the reason why that though that that emotion in particular gets so demonized and gets so twisted and everything is because it's not it's not guided it's not talked about it's just not
1: it needs to be talked about like and that was like i feel like we grew up like our our parents and grandparents like it was you know hush hush we don't talk about those things that's you know that's too intimate to be discussed and you know when you don't talk about something and make it normal it becomes bad or shameful or like Taboo, and the thing is, is that if you talk about it more, you'll normalize it more, and it won't become this huge big deal. You know, it'll be
0: exactly—it's exactly.
1: normal. It's just you know, run of the mill. Yeah. Like it's fine. We'll just talk about it, and it's—it's it's a you make it a bigger deal than it needs to be when you hush hush it. Exactly.
0: You know? Yeah. 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 That's facts. Yeah. And, I mean, and I'm kind of glad because like now it seems as if like it's starting very slow, but I have seen more conversations about this being had in some churches and i'm like i'm actually happy to see that now it's not now there's not many i can count on one hand you know yeah. it's not many but the i feel like it's slowly starting to build momentum that we that this is a conversation we need to have otherwise it's going to consume majority of the church and especially right. majority of the young people like some churches wonder why they don't have a lot of young people in their in their youth groups or whatever it's probably because <laughs> you don't talk about stuff that young people go through and stuff that young people struggle with
2: Mm-hmm. like mm-hmm.
0: yeah i mean yeah some, some of them may talk about depression but that's not the only thing young people go through sexual stuff isn't the only thing young people go through either like there's a lot of stuff that young people have questions about that they need answers to and when we as a church kind of push back those questions then they're just like i'm gonna go somewhere else and find the answer or just leave this thing altogether."
2: yep mm-hmm.
0: yeah because well, you know
2: um, like uh, alexis talk said um you have to have those honest conversations without condemnation. And the biggest thing that teenagers deal with is condemnation.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: Like, they feel everything they do is a sin. Mm-hmm. Every thought they have, every every inclination they have is a sin, you know? And well, I think that, the big...
1: Go ahead.
2: I think the biggest thing we have to root out is condemnation, go ahead.
1: For sure. I, I think at that at that point in your life, the most important thing as a teenager is to be accepted Mm -hmm. and if you're worrying about being judged or like you said condemned absolutely not i'm not sharing anything with anyone i'm not going to tell you what's going on in my life because if i get rejected or ostracized or you know judged it's over like my life is over like as a 16 year old i remember feeling those feelings like my life's going to be over like i want to fit in i want to be accepted so like like nail on the head like that's something my husband and i have talked about like Just learning based off how we grew up, you know, when we have kids, we I want my kids to feel safe coming to me because I'd so much rather them come to me than the internet or their friends because I want to like I said, I I love them, I care them, I want to guide them. So I want to make sure that obviously if you do something wrong, there will be consequences. But at the end of the day, those consequences are never gonna outweigh my love for you, you know? And like Open dialogue this is going to be so important in our home whenever we are, you know, have our own kids. Yeah,
2: yeah, same. same. And it's very, that, that's very
0: important. Yeah, it's very
2: I want important. to show the love of Christ to my kids. Exactly. Because um, honestly, if you don't teach them the love of Christ at home, how do you expect them to grasp the concept of the love of Christ at church for an hour? You're, you're not. They're not yeah. going to grasp it. You know, so you grew up with this sense of, you know, in the circles that Philip and I grew up in, you know, you always went or you always had this sense of condemnation, always had this sense of condemnation. You couldn't really, you know, talk to anybody without them throwing some dude's quote in your face, making you feel feel like trash. Um, so it's it's con- condemnation is huge. It's huge with um, with young teenagers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, Philip, do you have anything else you'd like to
0: ask him uh i mean i mean no i mean we've uh, we kind of asked about you know your experiences and stuff and um uh your your opinion on this on this subject <laughs> because i mean it's it's important that we kind of get a woman's opinion on this subject I mean, I mean i i know we uh we you know we've we've talked about you know different stuff and we we've gotten amens for our, from our, our our women viewers but actually hearing something from 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 a woman really makes stuff get put into perspective or, well,
1: I mean, every time, I mean, like the past two weeks, like I've been I've been watching and I'm like, they are really hitting on the head. And it means a lot. It means a lot knowing that you not only recognize it, but, you, you know, you acknowledge it you, and you're 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 putting it into action. And it yeah. means a lot because, you know, growing up, it felt very unheard as a girl because it's like they just don't get it. They just don't get it. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, when I saw the the. <laughs> The title I was like, yes, I'm ready for this.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because I cannot tell you how many conversations I've had with fellow alumni, girls, girlfriends of mine, about, you know, the culture of just, you know, how things were. And, you know, it just wasn't fair. It wasn't right. Or, you know, like, your priorities are not where they should be, man. You know, like, that's not what it's about. Like, just because I'm a girl doesn't mean... That you know, the double standards have got to stop. You know, you got to cut it out
0: for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I totally agree. Um, that has really killed our witness, honestly. It's killed our witness. Um, I, I personally have hated to see it, but um, I think we're trending in the right direction
0: mm-hmm. quite slowly,
2: sure. so. mm-hmm. but we're going in the right direction nonetheless.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, and, and that's really the important part. I mean, progression is is better than perfection because we're not going to be perfect. Nobody's perfect, but right. progress is what we're looking for. And we are making progress mm-hmm. with the conversations that we're having, um, and even we're doing our small part with this podcast. You know, trying to trying to spark that conversation. And that really, I, I don't I don't know what conversations happen about our to- the topics that we talk about here um outside of our podcast. But I mean, I guarantee you that people have started this conversation with somebody. And uh and that's and that's and that's what we want to do is we want to start the conversation for things that probably just haven't, you know, been been talked about enough. And this was one of those issues. Um and even, you know, going to uh women being in ministry, you know, that we kind of talked about extensively last week, you know, uh we need to uh, and, not, and not just ministry, but just in general, like in the world, actually, somebody somebody made a post about Camilla uh, Harris. And they they said that, yeah, 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 it's good that Kamala Harris is the first uh, woman uh, vice president. But they said that she was basically nothing until Joe Biden swooped in and put her on that pedestal. And on and honestly, at first, my reaction was just kind of like, all right, whatever, whatever. But they kind of have a point. They they just didn't word it that way. They they didn't, they didn't word it well. How I I interpreted it was she was, they were saying was like, we didn't vote for Camilla Harris because of Camilla Harris. We voted for Camilla Harris because of Joe Biden and kind of vice versa, you know? And they were like, uh, the, the, what she's accomplished and everything, we didn't take that into, a, into effect and whatever and, and this and that. And, and a lot of people were just like, it's because Joe Biden swooped in and it was because she was a woman and then because she was black. And that's the only reason that she's woman vice president. And I was like, hey, it's a, and that, it's, it, it was iffy for me to, to sit and take that because, you know, everybody's like, yeah, we got a, a woman VP. And yeah, those are probably good points and everything. But like we mentioned last week, representation is key. So whether they like they 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 accuse Joe Biden for swooping in and making her way, basically what she is, whether that's true or not, which I don't really think it is. But whether it's true or not, we have a woman vice president mm-hmm. representation. Yeah. Now she can show other women that you can run this country.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think a big part of it is just falling out of gender norms.
0: Yeah, that too. And like it makes people uncomfortable. You know, well, well the thing is, we never it's, had a woman VP, and now we have the, one.
2: The thing is, is um, that really disheartened me with the way the Christians were handling this, uh, or should I say, mag evangelicals were handling this. MAGA
0: evangelicals
2: um, handling this election, um, they kept reinforcing the stereotype that Kamala Harris, as a woman, didn't achieve it based on her own merit. They re- kept reinforcing the stereotype that she slept her way to the top.
0: Yeah, and we got to get rid of that narrative that women empower. In, in yeah, the only times
2: women are powerful is if they sleep their way
0: to the top. Through the we got to get rid of that. Yeah, yeah that's got to go. That's got to go. Yeah, that. And that you know that
1: what narrative? You has see gone. that in the military too. Like oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Without like, yeah. oh, a yeah. doubt, anytime. I mean, you see a female, you know. In any of the air force whatever yeah. like you know like it's like oh how'd she get there,
0: no, she no get there?
1: Did. Oh, no, how did you get I'm, that like I'm, maybe because she's doing her job i don't know
0: <laughs> maybe <laughs> okay. yeah maybe because she did her job and she did it well and she was qualified for the position <laughs>
2: yeah. i mean funny funny thing right now um where i'm deployed to i we have a female um shop superintendent my uh, section boss is a female and um our the operations chief is a female as well so this is like the most female leadership i've ever had seen that i've ever had personally supervise me yeah honestly you know it, it was cool you know they were they, they kind of they're 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 old enough to be my mom so they're kind of like being my mom, mom. and mom yeah 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 you know and because like their their sons are like twenty in their twenties and so, you know, one was like, I rolled my ankle coming off of one of the berms and I was limping. And usually in a male, you know, in a male setting, they're just like, you good. you good. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of like she's just like, right. So, you know, she started momming me. She's like, are you OK? She's like, you need to go to the doctor. You know, anything my mom would say. And I'm just like, I mean, I'm good. And she's like, no OK, well, go go sit down and rest it. And, and, you know, just just being my mom. And also what I noticed is uh, when they. When they first came in and they finally there was, you know, the, the changeover of, of the transition of power, uh, they automatically started cleaning stuff like stuff <laughs> that I thought was OK. I was like, this is fine. You know, this that over there is fun. like, man, they're like, OK, take that, fold it up, put it over there. We're going to rearrange this. We're going to get that. And I'm just like,
1: and they're making life better. know what i'm saying and i'm just like well i want to know why you didn't see it (laughs) to begin with i don't know
2: like honestly honestly it wasn't like it wasn't like things that were like out of place it was just things that had just been there and they weren't in the way it wasn't you know it wasn't smelling up the place it wasn't you know it wasn't dirty and so we're just like
0: but they came in and they made it better they made it better, and that's why that's why we gotta value women's inputs, their opinions, and support their vision when and when they are in those positions of power, and like they're in ministries or they're in leadership positions. Like that's why it's so important to support that because like they just come in there and then they just made it better. Mm-hmm. And, a lot of the and,
1: times, though, they're the silent partner, and just oh, a magic fairy just came and did all this. It's like no, yeah, I did.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Well, it's <laughs> like for instance, funny thing. Uh, so they had one. They had one guy. They we, he was taking all of her a bags out and re like redoing them to like make them look better. And also there were some like boots, like some long rain boots. And so she was like, "Okay, take those and put those under the thing." And so he just stuffed it under there. <laughs> and she said, "No, no, 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 no. Fold it and uh-uh. then put it underneath." <laughs> oh man it's like like lauren just said women (laughs) make everything better it was funny i tell you the second day they were there that place was smelling good yeah it was clean it was dusted and it it was good it it was it was great um one thing i didn't one thing i did not agree with was so we have like a concrete slab as our floor and they had two guys uh Mop the concrete slab, and I'm like, "Why are we mopping concrete?" That was oh, my only. That was my only gripe.
0: But I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, just, they're not,
1: not like keep them busy, like something yeah, for you to do. Gonna, the concrete.
0: They're not going to be perfect leaders, but they make everything better. And yeah, that's it's, a, it's, when God gave um, Adam Eve. Like we we look at it like, oh yeah, God gave Adam Eve. Eve Eve's just supposed to follow behind Adam. No, no, she came. Like Adam wouldn't have done what he did. And would have accomplished what he accomplished if it had not been for her.
2: Mm-hmm. So that
0: makes well, them cool partners and not just Adam. Hi, Adam. Hi, I'm doing this, and Adam. Yeah, I'm naming this animal, and it, it now becomes Adam and Eve that had dominion over the earth. Mm-hmm. Well, it's so like um, how many Philip? How many men have had to learn from their
2: wives how to load a dishwasher? Even though the probably, way we probably like ninety eight percent. <laughs> Even though the way we did it was we were just like okay, just throw all the dishes in it, yeah.
1: There's a certain order.
0: Man, <laughs> exactly. I can't tell you when I got married and like I was just loading the dishwasher, and then she would come behind me and rearrange everything <laughs> I just did, and I'm like I'm just not even gonna do the dishes no more. And she's like, no, no, you don't have to be dramatic and everything. How about this? I'll load the dishwasher. You unload the dishwasher. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, uh, so I'll, so she'll, she, <laughs> will she will unload the dishwasher and then she loads it and it looks all nice and it looks all pretty and it just, everything's <laughs> just like. And then me, I'm sitting up here just like, let me stuff this here and put, <laughs> like I, I'm just putting stuff where it fits. Meanwhile, she's just like, it goes here, it goes here, oh my and my I God. can't. Yeah, and I could never really get it right. So I'm just like, all right, I'm gonna unload the dishwasher.
2: Well it's you, like when, when we grew up when we grew up, it's always been okay, small plates at the top, you know, utensils, boom, boom, boom. And bowls, then yeah, big old pots in the bottom, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: That's another thing. Speaking of household chores and stuff, why is it as it. young Here we go. we're taught like, you know, okay, my jobs were into the dishwasher, load the dishwasher, do the dishes, vacuum, laundry. Mm. My brother's job was take the trash to the curb, mow the yeah. lawn.
0: Yeah, or mow the lawn, yeah. Maybe like, maybe wash the car, but then they'll call the girls to come out and help, too. Hey, come wash the car with us.
1: Yeah, let's have fun with the water hose. Like, like, <laughs> why, why is that a thing? Like, why are we why gender a- typing chores?
0: Yeah, yeah. Because
1: well, then my well, husband well, and I got well, married, and it's supposed to be 50-50. <laughs> I'm over here, like... 90, 10.
0: Hello, I need some help here.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, honestly, um, we, we've, I mean, honestly, with our generation that we've been you know, growing up and getting married, that, that's, that kind of, that kind of, that paradigm has kind of shifted. It definitely I've seen more men my age, you know, stay home, cook, mm-hmm. you know, clean, that type of stuff. Like me personally, I cook. Um, so that, that paradigm
1: is shifting.
2: Mm-hmm. I and feel it's like not it's because we're
1: finally having these conversations. Exactly, it is. Yeah. And,
2: and, and honestly, I think our generation of men, you know the you know the boomers are going to call us soft and this that and the third, but I believe that our generation of men have become more understanding and a lot less just, you know. Like I feel, you know, I feel like our generation, yeah, our
0: generation of men have definitely spread our wings to the cap- uh, to what we are actually capable of doing. Rather than just focusing in on go to work, make sure you provide for your family, and that's all you're responsible to do.
1: Because yeah. there's more. It's more to it than that. It's not there's just
0: way more to it than that. Yeah. I
1: went to work and now I'm home. Like no, it's, yeah. like yeah. this. This is life. This is marriage. This is you know. And, it's, it's and the, way more in the works.
2: And the males, the males' position of providing for the family is not just making money. Yeah. If you as a man if you cook for your family, you're providing for your family.
0: Facts, facts. You know, if, 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 if you, you're ministering to your family, you're providing for your family.
2: Yeah. yeah. So you're it's, it's not just food. you go to work and make the bread.
0: It's to keep a roof over their head. Yeah, you need to do that yeah. too. But yeah, that's, not,
2: that too. that's not the extent no, of your responsibility. Don't, don't sit back. Don't <laughs> sit back and have your wife working two jobs and coming home and doing all that cuz there's some households where they where that happens and And I don't, I I, I'm not an advocate for divorce. But I don't. I understand. If a woman, you work in two jobs, you're supporting the kids, you're making sure they're dressed, their teeth are brushed, their hair is, you know, taken care of, your house is clean, and homie is not working. You know, he's trying to trying to find a job. He's in between jobs, and and she's just doing everything. And then I could understand, I understand if she were to say, you know what? I'm out.
1: I've I've done, not a lot, but a little research on, you know, marriage and, you know, when is divorce okay? And, you know, from what I've come to understanding, it's if you're in a abusive situation Mm -hmm. or abandonment. And I think that emotional abandonment can also fall into that. And if that's how you're functioning, she's been emotionally abandoned and I that, and that can go both ways. Like I do believe that. Yeah.
2: So do, do you think um, a, a man, a husband not helping out his wife, like doing like house chores and stuff, that's emotional abandonment?
1: It can be because I mean, it can be so overwhelming because I mean, okay, we both work. I mean, he obviously is the main breadwinner, but we do both work. And if I come home in the morning and Everything is still falling on me. I can get so overwhelmed and to the point where I just, I can't function. And that's where like, I need, I need your help. Like we both live here. We are both in this together. Like we, you know, for, we got to be there for each other, you know, and if he's feeling overwhelmed with whatever's going on, like I want to be there for him in that same way. Yeah. so i mean it's not necessarily i've about, never
2: thought about it that way honestly
1: yeah it's not about chores but like my emotional state in that moment when i come home and it's just like
2: what <laughs> yeah I, honestly i've never i've never seen it that way i i figured whenever women would say you know my husband's not there for me or you know he's emotionally distant i figured you know she meant like he just sits down and doesn't you know Mm-mm. listen to her whenever she's comments
1: Make it bigger. I don't know how to do it, but that comment,
2: oh, love language. Athlete. Alexis says love languages. When one is not being aware or doesn't care about the other's love language, it gives, it's a give and take. And that's yes. very true.
0: I mean, that's, 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 another, that constitute as I feel like emotional abandonment as well. Like really, really, you just have to be there for your, your person. Like that's, yeah. that's really it. Like you have to. I mean, especially
1: if your love language is acts of service,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That too. Yeah, especially, especially like, then. But even if it's not like acts of service, should be reasonable, ser- reasonable service right. in, in a relationship. It really should.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and yeah, I mean, I, I mean that that the, the good point uh, about um, uh, emotional abandonment is actually a huge thing because some people will blame somebody for getting divorced and everything, and it's just like if they're not there for them, if they're yeah. not a good spouse, then. Supposed to stick it know.
1: out like and well, the thing yeah is, is and like, I, mean, I, I, I don't point, i don't agree with
0: just um, immediately get, i don't i don't agree with just immediately getting rid of somebody whenever th- that stuff goes wrong right. like people go, people go through phases maybe that person doesn't even realize that they're emotionally abandoning you and that's right. why communication in a relationship is so key but if you communicate and the problems still persist then you have to start taking some action
1: or if you're unwilling to get help
0: or, or yeah. if you're, well, yeah, that too, that too. Well, Bear I've seen, um, I, I
2: see that, I see it as if a person is going through that and they've talked to the person constantly, 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 and the person just doesn't want to change.
1: I see that as that person's already divorced in that marriage. You've already taken your, your emotions out of, out of it. You've already detached. You've and already. the thing
2: is, is Christians get so caught up, caught up in, in optics you know, and again, like I said, I'm not a proponent for just divorcing willy nilly. Um, I'm just saying, like, I, I, I'm, I understand why it happens. I get
0: yeah. it. Yeah. 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 But yeah. um. So, yeah, we've 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 been going now for about 69 minutes. So we're going <laughs> to try to <laughs> we're gonna try to wrap up. But this was this was a really good conversation. Uh, it was a three part segment that we had. Um, if you, it's your, this is your first episode watching this series, go back and watch the first two. We talked about very, very important things, but um, this conversation was needed, um, and yeah. it still and it still is needed, um, outside of this podcast. So, um, like we said at the beginning, go ahead and share this. Please like, uh, tell your friends and tell your family, um, because uh, th- these are conversations that need to be had. They're important conversations, and if you agree or disagree with anything we said, go ahead and put it in the comments. We we actually welcome. Um, uh, (laughs) I wouldn't say arguments, but we welcome debate (laughs) and constructive criticism. Yeah, we definitely welcome it. Um, some people may may think that we're just a bunch of yes men. We're not really. Um, we 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 just like talking about stuff and having discussions. Whether you agree or not is important. It really is. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, Um, we're um, also
2: on uh, spot for those of you that are watching. We're also on Spotify and Apple. Apple. So if you don't um facebook doesn't the facebook app does not allow you to play it in the background on your phone like youtube does so you can just go on our podcast um voice of the millennials podcast on apple and spotify and you can just listen to it on your car ride or however you want it for sure you want to do it. so um um emily really appreciate you coming on um, thanks for being here with me
1: appreciate your
2: appreciate your uh Appreciate your support. We really do appreciate your support. Of
1: course. And, I look uh, forward to it every week.
2: <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Emily, before we close out, do you have anything else you'd like to say to the um, audience?
1: Um, let's just keep having these conversations for sure. Um, highly encourage them to keep happening, especially in your church. You know, ask the hard questions because not nobody else will. So, yeah. We got, you know, just keep asking and let's keep having these conversations so that it can become normal and we can be progressive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Uh, Philip, you got anything? No. I mean, I, I, I pretty much said just about everything. And I uh, agree wholeheartedly with what Emily just said. Yeah. Keep up the conversations and ask the questions. All right. Well, with that, we appreciate every
2: single one of you tuning in and watching and listening. And we will see you guys next week. Friday at 7.30. Peace. God bless
0: y'all. Y'all be easy. Bye.